Hi, I'm Joya. And I'm Kirsten. And you're listening to the NCDPS Safety Scoop, a podcast sponsored by the North Carolina Department of Public Safety. NCDPS is the largest department in the North Carolina state government with some amazing programs and resources, as well as phenomenal personnel and volunteers. Listen along as we take you behind the scenes and dive into how the people, programs, and resources within this department enhance the safety of the people of North Carolina. Give you the scoop, if you will, of all things NCDPS. NCDPS's mission is to safeguard the people of North Carolina through prevention, protection, and preparation. As you listen to this podcast, we hope you'll learn something you may not have known about the ways the people of NCDPS are working to keep our state safe. The Atlantic hurricane season traditionally starts June 1st and runs through November. It's the end of July, and as of this podcast recording, the Atlantic has already seen five tropical disturbances, one of which was a Category 1 hurricane, Hurricane Elsa. NOAA has predicted that 2021 will be another above-average hurricane season, with an estimated 13 to 20 named storms and between 6 and 10 hurricanes, 3 to 5 of which could be major. While these numbers may give us some indication of how active the season may be, they cannot predict how or if your family and community may be impacted by these storms. As thousands of North Carolinians can attest to, it only takes one, and it doesn't need to be a major or even named storm to have devastating impacts. One of the missions of North Carolina Emergency Management is to ensure that residents and visitors have the resources they need to prepare and react to all hazards, whether they are natural or man-made. Today's topic that we are diving into is hurricane preparedness. Joining us on this episode of Safety Scoop are Kevin Callball and Laura Silver from the North Carolina Emergency Management Natural Hazards Team, as well as Human Services Branch Manager, Sandy Bridgers. You've met Kevin and Laura in our previous podcast, but for those who may be new, We're happy to have these two meteorologists and emergency management planners back with us to share preparedness and weather safety tips. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, thank you for having us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having us today. Sandy is a University of Florida graduate and received her Master of Public Health degree in Global Disaster Management and Humanitarian Relief from the University of South Florida. She started her emergency management career in Lee County, Florida, where she and her team worked events like tornadoes, floods, wildfires, and hurricanes. In 2018, she moved to North Carolina to work with Durham County Emergency Management and then started her current role with North Carolina Emergency Management in February of 2020, right before the state started to report cases of the coronavirus. Her first year on the job has been a busy one, engaged with other emergency management teams for pandemic response and ensuring that the state's mass care plans are ready for hurricanes in a COVID-19 environment. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So let's dive right in with the questions. What are the differences between the various storm types at this time of year? And are there some that are more problematic or destructive than others? So the difference between these different types of storms is really just the sustained wind speed. So we have tropical depressions, which are the weakest storms, and they have winds less than 39 miles per hour. And then we have tropical storms that have wind speeds 39 to 74 miles per hour. And then anything greater than 74 miles per hour is considered a hurricane. And that's when we can break it down into the different categories based on how high those wind speeds get. 
It's really important to focus on the fact that every storm is different and not so much how destructive it'll be. So just because it's a tropical storm, you can't outweigh that there could be heavy rainfall and impactful flooding, um, as we've seen with many tropical storms in the past. We've also seen numerous tornadoes and storm surge flooding from just tropical storms. So it's important not to focus on the numbers in this situation. And just because it's not a hurricane does not mean that it could not have detrimental impacts across the state. You mentioned that at a certain point, um, a, a hurricane category will be assigned. And how are these categories assigned? And what do these categories mean? Hurricane categories are assigned based off the Saffir-Simpson wind scale. And um, that is assigned by the National Hurricane Center down in Miami. Um, I'll note that the hurricane category, it only tells you about the maximum sustained wind speeds. And it does not take into account other possibly deadly hazards, such as storm surge, rainfall, flooding, and tornadoes. And again, like Laura said, focus on the impacts, uh, not on the hurricane category. And sometimes we focus too much on the specific category and whether it strengthened or weakened to a different category, rather than just focusing on the expected impacts. And I never really like to hear just a category one, because remember back in 2018, Florence, which is now our storm of record in North Carolina, produced devastating flooding just from extreme rainfall totals. Again, so never like to hear just a category one or just a tropical storm. Any of those tropical systems can bring very hazardous weather conditions. I think that brings up a good point because I think it's, we get so focused on the numbers of the storms that we sometimes forget that there's a lot of other dangers out there. Tell our listeners what types of dangers or hazardous weather we can expect to see with these hurricanes or tropical systems. As we mentioned, we can see statewide impacts depending on the track. Um, and typically, tropical systems include impacts such as heavy rainfall, flooding from storm surge, damaging winds, and we even sometimes see tornadoes. How far can that storm surge go? I mean, we, we're used to the coastal counties getting some floods, but are inland counties really at risk? Just as a brief uh, definition here of what storm surge is, is it is produced by water being pushed towards or over land, whether it be from the ocean, the sounds, or the rivers. So North Carolina has pretty unique geography, and this in itself presents some challenges. And the extent of storm surge depends really on where you are. So if we take a look back at some of the hurricanes from the past, um, during Hurricane Florence, we saw storm surge well inland along the Trent and Noose rivers. Uh, we've also seen extensive soundside flooding along the Outer Banks and Dorian and Matthew as the wind shifted directions. And then just last year, we had several feet of storm surge along the immediate coast of Brunswick County during Hurricane Isaias. So as I mentioned, very unique geography here, and it is really all dependent in what part and where that hurricane uh, makes landfall. Are there areas that are more vulnerable for tornadoes to form? Because I know you mentioned that sometimes hur hurricanes or tropical systems can spawn tornadoes too. Yes. The greatest threat for tornadoes is typically in the right front quadrant of the storm. However, it's really important not to focus on, you know, just that. We've seen tornadoes in many other areas as a hurricane passes through. Really, the important thing to remember with these tornadoes and tropical systems is that while they're typically brief, they offer very little lead time, um, as they're typically very quick to spin up or spin down. This just brings, you know, the point up of it's very important to have several ways to receive your severe weather alerts during these times as you want to be prepared when that one of those hits. Information is critical, especially in times of emergency. What are some of the best ways to stay informed and get good information? 
starting off, uh, North Carolina has some great websites where you can get preparedness information on. Uh, so one, we have readync.org, and you can get advice here on how to plan, prepare, um, and stay informed during any type of emergency. We also have the Know Your Zone website, which is knowyourzone.nc.gov. Uh, and this has information regarding evacuation zones, but it also has the latest North Carolina hurricane guide. And this is available in both English and Spanish and is really a great tool for anyone across the state. As we've said, you know, hurricanes can impact anyone anywhere, so everyone should really be prepared for the worst. What do you think, Sandy? Everyone kind of has their favorite news outlet uh, in their local area. Make sure that you know how to get access to that. Make sure you know where your county's emergency management uh, website is or their social media page, because they're going to be pushing out information as well. So you really want to take each step of the plan and think through what do we need to bring? Where are we going to get our information? Where are we going to go? And let, let everyone in your family know what that is so that uh, everyone's nice and comfortable with that. There are a lot of information sources out there, and it can be very confusing about who is really reliable. Once again, uh, just having multiple ways of receiving these weather alerts, you know, whether that be through apps on your phone, um, there's no weather radios, or even having those emergency alerts enabled, enabled on your cell phones. And what we've shared a lot is having those alerts on your cell phones and then multiple ways of receiving information is very important at night when a lot of hazards can still happen. Have your volume turned all the way up so you can be woken up um, by those alerts if something is happening in your area. There are seven or eight different National Weather Service offices that cover the state of North Carolina, and each one of them does forecasts for their region. But a good way to also find this information is if you, you can follow at NC Emergency on Facebook and Twitter. Those feeds kind of provide some consolidated information about what's going on across the state and where you can find uh, good trusted information in your area. It is really important to know which local weather service office that serves your area. So. As you mentioned, Julia, there are seven forecast offices that cover the state of North Carolina. So it's really important to know where your county is, where your town is on a map, so you know when a warning is issued, if you're included in that warning or not. Thanks, Kevin. How can people prepare for hurricanes during the storm season in North Carolina? Yes, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll start with saying many preparedness activities can be completed all year round because many hazards we see in North Carolina, whether it's power outages from winter storms or tornadoes or severe weather season or hurricanes, a lot of those same activities can be completed any time of the year. In emergency management, we have tabletop drills where we don't necessarily go and do all the actions, but we talk through each step and what each person would do so that everyone's comfortable with it. And I think something like that would be, that conversation would be kind of the vital part of this planning process. Because uh, it's not something that you can Right, we're going to practice getting in the car and practice evacuating on a normal day, but you can practice talking through, okay, if we say that we need to leave, what things are you going to go put in your backpack? Why don't we go ahead and practice some of that stuff and then pretend like we're getting in the car from there? Uh, we really encourage people to have uh, kits for their family. And with those kits, we really encourage a three to five day supply of food and water. Uh, that's something that whether they evacuate or they stay at home, that it's really good to have on hand in case they're not able to get to a food source. Uh, we encourage hygiene supplies, any special dietary foods, baby supplies. Uh, if you have kids, making sure that they have activities that you can take with you if you go or something for them to do if the power goes out at home. And I will say back on the, the kits, one thing that I always kind of point out, which is 
kind of an entertaining one to bring up, but is really important is a can opener. Because a lot of people will have a bunch of cans in their supply kit, but they don't necessarily remember the can opener. And then they struggle to figure out how to get those open in the middle of the storm. So make sure you're either buying the cans that have the pop tops or you bring a can opener so that you don't have to worry about that one piece. When it comes to specifically to hurricane season, I think it's always important to complete a regular insurance checkup. And I will note that there's typically a 30-day waiting period for flood insurance for that to become effective. It's really important to remember things like copies of insurance and copies of IDs, any documents that you might need after a storm that you may not be able to get uh, a new copy of if something happens to the old one. So kind of keeping all of that in mind. And then really thinking through when you're looking at your home, do you have all the insurance in place that you need? Do you have copies of those documents? And we also uh, encourage people to take pictures of things that they have in their home and that they may be, if something were to happen to their home, they may need to uh, submit to an insurance company. Always good to have documentation before and after a storm. So if you're near the coast, you may want to consider tested and approved window coverings. And it's also important um, before a storm arrives to move loose items that are outside, move them indoors, whether it's a kid's toys or trampolines or any furniture, move them inside so they're not a flying object during strong winds. And you also may want to move your car um, inside a garage or another safe location to prevent that from being damaged from falling trees or tree branches. We've talked about things to do to be prepared, but when or how often should people be practicing these things you talked about? I think preparedness can be a practice all year round. Um, it's never too soon. I will say, well, when a hurricane is approaching, you don't want to wait until the last minute until a hurricane or tropical storm watches are, are issued, because if you need to make a last minute trip to a store to get some supplies, there most likely will be a lot of other people also out there. So you may be finding limited resources. So it's never too early. Now is a great time. We're kind of early on before peak hurricane season. So now is a great time. But again, it's never too soon for preparedness activities. During hurricanes, we have seen that evacuations have been issued, especially around our coastal counties. Um, so what advice can you share for North Carolina residents and visitors? And uh, what do they need to know about our evacuation zones? North Carolina's Know Your Zone initiative that launched prior to the 2020 hurricane season it includes 20 coastal counties across eastern North Carolina. Uh, so in North Carolina, evacuation orders are typically completed at the county and local level. These evacuation zones in North Carolina, they were created by the counties since they know their local areas the best. Uh, so at the state level, we help support message uh, those evacuation zones um, with a similar naming convention across the state. The key to the Know Your Zone initiative is the Know Your Zone website. So that is knowyourzone.nc.gov, and that website is in English and Spanish. And, and that website offers an interactive tool where you can type in an address or, or click on a map to see if you live or if you work or if you vacation in an evacuation zone. So it's important to know your zone uh, prior to a storm approaching. So if you know your zone now, that will help reduce some stress when we're looking at a storm approaching North Carolina. So again, those evacuation orders are, again, typically issued at the local level, uh, but the Know Your Zone website will also have current evacuation orders. So anytime a, a local county issues evacuation order, 
Uh, that information will be pushed out at the local level, but also at the state level on the Know Your Zone website. Yes, and one thing to kind of be aware of is we encourage people, if you don't feel safe and you're not in an evacuation zone, absolutely, you should evacuate. But we really want people to stop and think about if you're not in an evacuation zone and your home is safe, consider not evacuating. Because one of the things that we do run into is people seeing that maybe the zone next to them is evacuating and them deciding to evacuate when they don't necessarily need to. And what that does is that uh, adds to the, the amount of traffic of people going out of the area and slows down the time for people to be able to evacuate safely. So if you're in an area that hasn't been called and you know that your home is safe, we encourage you to stay where you're at to allow the people who really uh, need to evacuate the opportunity to get where they need to go. And where can people go when that call is put out? Uh, one of the things we really encourage people kind of back to that planning process is to think through where they're going to go when the time comes and think through that now. We tell people shelters are there. We have them, but shelter space is limited. It's always limited, but especially in this season with the COVID-19 restrictions and us needing to spread people out a bit more, we have very limited shelter space. And so we always want to encourage people to try to find a hotel or motel if they can do that, or maybe find a family member that they can go to and stay with them. Because even in a normal situation without COVID, they're still going to be more comfortable in that location, in that other location, than they would be uh, at a shelter. Um, sleeping on the floor or on the couch at grandma's house with everybody that you know uh, is more comfortable and really more fun than maybe staying in a shelter with 500 people that you don't know. The shelters are there, and we want to encourage people that if you need a shelter, please feel free to use those. But if you don't need them, uh, consider where else you could go to allow those spaces to be safe for the people who really do need them. And are those shelter tips and um, how people can locate them, is that the same for pet owners? Yes. So with pet owners, uh, they do, it's the same kind of process of planning and making sure they know where they might go. The shelters, as they're advertised either in the local county or um, in, at the state website, they will indicate whether or not a shelter is pet friendly or they are allowed to bring their pets to those shelters. And so that's a good thing for them to be aware of and be looking for that marker to say, hey, is this a place that I can bring my pet? And that will be listed typically when the shelter is advertised. Where can people find that information about available shelters and what's open and what accepts pets? So we do have readync.org, and that is a good place to find open shelters uh, around the state. And again, that goes back to monitoring and being part of the local emergency management social media, their website. A lot of times they will advertise on their website what they have uh, available locally to make sure that their residents uh, are able to find things as quickly as possible. We've talked about several days or weeks in advance and what to do. And Kevin, I know you mentioned that it's never really a bad time to update those emergency plans and kits. But let's talk a little bit about when you start to hear it a lot more on the news and when the meteorologists and the local TV stations are all talking about the impending storm. What do you need to be doing? What are residents and visitors need to be doing in those two to three days before we expect a tropical system to hit North Carolina? I think the main thing that residents should be doing at this point is just keeping up to date with the latest forecasts. As we know, they can change very quickly. So, you know, just keeping up with your local news station or on social media, keeping up to date with that and seeing how it's changing and how that could impact potentially where you are in the state is very important. And then also uh, putting your plan into action. 
like again, it really depends where you are in the state, if you may need to evacuate, if you have some type of out-of-state contact, or even if that's just preparing your house, you know, whether that be bringing all those all those loose items outside, inside, um, making sure that those trees are trimmed so that they don't impact your house. Those little things you can do to prepare and kind of hunker down in the, you know, hours and days leading up to that storm hitting. Sounds like that might be a good time too to also know which local weather service is the one for your area, depending on where you are at that point, and maybe bookmark that. Absolutely. During storms, things can get a bit chaotic. How can people keep in touch with their family or friends um, who are either evacuating or who are outside of the evacuation zone or outside the state? How do we connect with those we love to tell them that we are safe? So I think that's another thing that really goes into that pre-planning process. Uh, One thing that we try to encourage people to do is to have contacts uh, both locally and out of the area. When you think about things that may be going on, your neighbor may not be available because they may have evacuated or they may, uh, maybe their phone line is down or, you know, there may be a variety of things that could have impacted them. So we try to make sure that they let people close to them know they're okay, but having an out-of-town contact to say, hey, uh, just letting you know we're okay, we can't get a lot of information out, but please let the rest of the family know or let anyone know who's asking that we are okay. And then thinking through and using any other uh resources that they kind of use on a day-to-day basis of checking in with people. And then kind of be aware that when things are very busy, sometimes the maybe phone calls won't go through, but a text message will. So kind of keep that in mind and incorporate that one into your communication plan. Let's talk a little bit about storm tracking and the cone of uncertainty. We've all seen those, you know, those cones and it talks about um, the potential projected path of the storm. But take us behind the scenes of how the meteorologists and weather teams chart those potential paths and how often they need to be updated. What do people need to be paying attention to and what can they take away from looking at those maps? Official forecasts for tropical systems, uh, they come from the National Hurricane Center. That's down in Miami and, and they are the experts. Their forecasts constantly outperform computer models that you may see online. Um, And they issue those full forecast updates every six hours uh, with a forecast track out to five days. So in those forecast updates, they'll include the the cone, um, they'll include the hazards that are expected, they'll include some key messages, and then a little discussion to give a little more insight to their forecast reasoning based on the forecast track and the intensity of the storm. So when we're talking specifically about the forecast cone, again, I know it's Uh, one of the most popular weather graphics out there. However, uh, that cone doesn't tell the whole story. The forecast cone only represents the probable track of the center of the storm. Uh, It does not include projected impacts, and the size of the cone is really only based on how good or bad the hurricane center forecasts have been over the last five years. Uh, So the center of the storm stays inside the forecast cone about two out of every three years. In recent years, while forecasts have continued to improve, the bad news is that means the cone has gotten a little skinnier. So I know a lot of people think if you're outside the cone, you're you're safe. And and that's not the case because you can use the cone to understand where the center of the storm may go, but it does not convey the severity or location of impacts from storm surge or heavy rain or strong winds or even tornadoes. Just once again, we can't be stressed enough 
that impacts can be felt far from the center of the of the storm and those impacts and the severity of impacts you really can't tell from just a forecast cone it sounds almost like those cones that we see on the forecast that's just the predictor of where the path may be but not impacts I always like to say a hurricane or a tropical storm, it's not just a point on a map and it's not just a line on a map. Those impacts can be felt far from the, the center of that point. Also on the cone, you can't really tell how large or small the storm is. I know a lot of people think back to Matthew and the center of the storm never went over in North Carolina, yet we saw tremendous amount of heavy rain and flooding along the I-95 corridor in, in North Carolina. That's a very good point to keep in mind that really that whole cone is just about the potential path has nothing to do with the potential impacts. So let's talk a little bit about the differences between watches and warnings, because I know we've talked about that a lot over the years, and I know meteorologists talk about it all the time, but it still is very confusing for a lot of people. What does a watch mean versus what does a warning mean? Right. There, there's always confusion about that, and so I'll try to simplify it. So a watch generally means that the potential is there for hazardous weather conditions, whether it's a hurricane or a tropical storm watch or a tornado watch or a severe thunderstorm watch or a flash flood watch. Really, the watch, just the potential is there. So that's the time to, to remain aware that hazardous weather is, is possible. Uh, that's the time to make final preparations. Um, and it's just kind of there, hey, you need to really remain aware of, of weather conditions. When it comes to warning, that generally indicates that hazardous weather is, is imminent or is already occurring. So when it comes to a tornado warning, that's the time to immediately take action. The warnings are, are generally a call for action. Uh, so with tropical storm or hurricane warnings, uh, that's the time to make any last minute preparations, but if there's any evacuation orders, uh, that would be the time to, to take action. So when it comes to tropical storm and hurricane watches, they're usually issued when those conditions are possible within 48 hours. And then the warning is typically going into effect within 36 hours. And again, you just, you don't want to wait until the last minute for those preparedness activities. Um, so you can prepare even before a tropical storm or a hurricane watch is issued. We've talked about how to be weather ready before a storm. What can North Carolinians do to stay safe once the hurricane hits? So after a storm hits, it's really important to be aware of your surroundings. And we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, a system can hit in the middle of night. Um, and in this case, it is typically safer to wait until daylight to you know venture out there and see, assess the damage as some of these hazards may not be visible in the dark. And just one thing to talk about is generator safety. Um, so this has been a large issue in recent years after storms and you know having power outages, people using generators and misusing them. Unfortunately, it has led to a lot of deaths related to carbon monoxide poisoning from the generators. Uh, so you never want to use sources of power in an enclosed area. You only want to use these generators outside and in well-ventilated areas. Uh, we can compare this to cooking. You would never use a grill or any type of fuel-related item in an enclosed area. The same thing goes for generators. I know it's been repeated many times now, um, but just continuing to look for that information from those trusted sources. Uh, they'll also be re re providing recovery information. 
And as mentioned too, NC Emergency Management um, at the state level will have recovery information, you know, out on their social media outlets. It's important to remember that even after a storm hits the state, it doesn't mean that the hazards are completely gone. Sometimes we will have to deal with ongoing flooding for many days or even weeks after a storm hits. So even if it's not still raining, you know, you never want to drive through a flooded roadway or around any barricades. And while I'm sure everyone's heard this at this point, uh, turnaround, don't drown is very important, especially in recent years, the leading cause of deaths and hurricanes has been from flooding. Uh, so it's really important not to take that mantra lightly. Um, and we can also see heavy rain leading to landslides across our mountainous regions. And that kind of just goes with the fact that we can see these hurricanes impacting each part of the state. And it's also important to follow uh, heat safety tips after these storms hit, staying hydrated, taking breaks, as a lot of times we will see very hot and humid conditions once one of these storms passes through. These are all great tips. And on top of not driving through floodwaters, just a reminder to not walk through floodwaters. Swift moving floodwaters can uh, knock you off your feet, but also floodwaters can also carry hazardous materials. Just uh, keep that in mind as well. Don't play or walk in those floodwaters after a storm if you are sheltering in a place that um, is flooded. Sandy, do you have any tips? Yeah, so one of the things to really be aware of, if someone has gone to a shelter, they need to be monitoring and paying attention to the local media sources to find out when it's safe to return home. If they have stayed in their homes, it's again important to be paying attention to uh, what the local media is pushing out to find out when it is safe to venture out. So we don't want people to, the moment the storm is over, to go out of their homes, to drive around and see what all has happened. That can be very dangerous for them. It can be dangerous for others around them, especially if there are floodwaters or power lines down or any other issues that may have come up because of the situation. And so really taking stock of what's happened at your home is great. But leaving beyond that, unless you absolutely need to, may put you in, in more harm than you need to be in at that time. So paying attention to any local sources to find out when can I leave, what areas are safe, what areas should I avoid, will really help them in staying safe in that post-storm time frame. And I know one of the things that we have seen in past storms, Sandy, is that not only does it put them them at risk if they leave, but it also hampers recovery efforts in a lot of times. So people, um, extra traffic that are just going around trying to see what has happened during the storm or from the storm can create some log jams for first responders. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to avoid because we want them to be able to get in uh, and do their jobs as quickly as possible to keep as many people safe as possible. Are there any additional resources that we can share or tips on how to keep everyone safe, either before storms approach or during storms? So we mentioned it earlier, but readync.org and knowyourzone.nc.gov are great resources um, on how to, how to prepare and how to plan and, and how to stay informed, um, not just from hurricanes, but with readync.org is all hazards that could impact North Carolina. Um, and again, we've, we mentioned it before, but really focus on this trusted sources uh, for weather information, whether it be the directly from the National Weather Service, the National Hurricane Center, or your local TV or, or radio information. Uh, it's important to, to get information from those trusted sources and remain weather, weather aware. And then I'll just also note that Every storm is unique. So just because uh, your community 
it wasn't impacted too much with the last system, the next hurricane or tropical storm could be, could be very impactful. We've talked a lot today about different things to do to get ready for hurricanes or other disasters and emergencies. If you had one thing that you wanted to leave our audience with um, to make sure that they are ready for disasters and emergencies, what would that be? Uh, that would really be to have that family plan and to start working on that now. Uh, it's just really important that everyone in your family is on the same page, knows what's coming, knows what they need to bring. And it really just, it takes some of the stress out of it. And that's what we're, we're hoping for. Uh, we know that hurricanes and really any disaster that we may use these plans for are going to be very stressful for people. And if we can minimize even a little bit of that by having some of that stuff pre-planned, that's what we're hoping people will do. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Safety Scoop. Again, if you want to learn more about hurricane preparedness, you can find tips and some of those resources at readync.org. And you can find information about the evacuation zone program in North Carolina at knowyourzone.nc.gov. That's knowyourzone.nc.gov. Y'all be safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Safety Scoop. To learn more about NCDPS, go to ncdps.gov. Tune in next time on your favorite podcast app to hear more behind-the-scenes stories from the North Carolina Department of Public Safety.